The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? A-Town Connection right here. You got Young Bloods uh, featuring Daddy Fat Sack. You know what I'm talking about? Outcast. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like this. Check it out. Welcome back to another episode of the Crown and Collins Podcast presented to you by the CSPN Media Podcast Network. I am one half of your host, Jeremy, a.k.a. Black Dante on Twitter, a.k.a. Nigamort, a.k.a. Nice for What is a Good Bop in the Gym, a.k.a. Next Week, a Fashion Nova for Men is coming out, and it's a payday week, so your boy's going to be out here on Bad Bitch Status. No me, no that, no it. And I'm joined by my friend and my co-host. Tell you who else could be waiting, nigga Nova. But I will do that after I introduce myself. Hey, y'all. It is your girl, Auntie B, a.k.a. Tall Bianca XO, a.k.a. 6'4 and Flats, a.k.a. Damn it, why did I just tell y'all my hate? Niggas is weird about that shit. Um, a.k.a. you will probably be joined by one Mr. Delivered in your nigga Nova attire. D- All right. All right. I feel, I feel like that's a thing he's going to like. Um... Today's Probably. show is brought to you by American Deli, Atlanta's finest chicken wings. Um, Yo. What's up? Yo, no, nah, I was just going to say for the listeners, like, we were pre-gaming, and I have, I did not know this until I Googled, I Googled mapped the shit, but there are only 11 American delis in the metro Atlanta area. But when I mean metro Atlanta, I mean around the, the per, within the perimeter of the city from, like, 75, 85, 285, that shit. It's only eleven American dealers in Metro Atlanta. I did, and they all, and most of them all on the east side. And I did not know that until two of we, them are in Duluth, eight minutes apart from each other. Correct. So them motherfuckers are practically neighbors. So you know, good luck, everybody. I we got off on this tangent because I haven't had I hadn't had American deli in so long, but we got on that tangent pregame because my I I have a craving for some fried catfish that I haven't had in quite some time. And we just went off on that tangent, but I did not know that there were only eleven American delis. Um, but it makes sense because first of all, it's there are so many places to eat in Metro Atlanta. Like it's so much shit. It's, it's so, so much. much. But the thing about the so much is that a lot of it closes. A lot of like there's a lot of revolving door going on with like the food industry in Atlanta. Um, every time I go back, there are like multiple places that I look forward to going that don't exist anymore. But I'm having to find new favorites, which I usually do, by the way. Right, right. It's like as soon as something opens and you and it's good, and you can want to go there consistently, then it shuts down. Like up the street for me, there was a um, uh, a a donut shop that I and I've been here. I moved into my place like almost go damn uh, damn near like a year and a half. Of shit, when I first moved in, the shit was j- just opening, and it was pretty damn good. And I want to say that shit only lasted maybe two months at best. And that shit now is a soul food restaurant. So, you know, good luck, everybody. Uh, which is pretty, which is good. Which is good. Soul food was good. But, you know, it's just so much stuff opens, closes, revolves. Um, but that's kind of the, you know, that's kind of the market, especially with a metropolitan city and so much shit. So, but, you know, 
Um, but anyway, we didn't mean to get on that tangent. But <clears throat> you are listening to a CSPN Media Podcast presentation. You can go to our website, CSPN. Excuse me. CSPN, uh, go ahead, finish me on. I got it. CSPN.us. From there, flip through and find all of the things that your heart may desire. If you like wine, we have the Wink membership. If you are going to start cooking but want to have some help with meal prep, we have Blue Apron. We still have the Amazon deal. Just click on through and shop away. We still have for the freaks that are listening to the show, all seven of y'all. Hey, um, we still have the Adam and Eve toys uh, hookup. We still have the Busted Tees hookup. Um, we still have mycomicshop.com. So for all you niggas who keep talking about how right Killmonger was, go read the comics. Catch up. Mm-hmm. The show is also brought to you by a white dude I just saw on his bike pedaling down the street. No hands because he's using his hands to air drum. Mm-hmm. Good luck, everybody. You heard me right. He was pedaling hands-free because there was a part in the song that he was listening to that inspired him to air drum. Oof, shot the ghetto. Portland also has hundreds of miles of bike lanes, so he'll be fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you all for rocking with all of our sponsors. Uh, ooh, all this, and it's of no extra cost to you. All it does is give the network a portion of the brick to keep the lights on so we can pay for bandwidth and keep all these sh- uh, wonderful shows free. So you, the listener, won't have to pay to listen to my country ass sound like Bianca. I'm still here. What's up? No, nah, that was that was, that was an alley for a joke about what I sound like. No, no, um, yeah, no, nah, you were going in and out on my side. Um, let's see, things that Jeremy sounds like. Let's do a compilation really quickly. Um, sounds like a plate of deep fried tools. Um, yeah. Sounds like the undercarriage of a box Chevy that has two hundred seventy-five thousand miles on it. <laughs> also fair. Uh, Jeremy sounds like the broken spine of a well-used uh, spiritual hymnal that you find oh. in the AME church. Also fair. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, Jeremy sounds like the one mechanic who went to school and got a degree in something else. Uh, that's fair. Fair. Very fair. Uh, one more. One uh, more. Then we'll move on. Jeremy is what it sounds like when you get a quote on the cost of your car that is much more than you expected. All right, I think that's a great way to wrap it up. Um, so um, today um, on the docket of Crown and Collards, um, I guess we go ahead and get this uh, church announcement out the way. Uh, uh, so <laughs> um, if you haven't seen on the CSBN Media uh, page on Twitter, um, our boss man and CEO Classic uh, will be stepping down soon and effective, I think um, I think in the press in the email it was on July 1st, he will be stepping down but the network shall continue uh, because he will be passing it down to myself and um, he who is Don DeLorente um, as co-owner um, and CEOs um, I'ma just go ahead and say, um, good to hell look everybody, because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. But uh <laughs> I'm flattered, um, I'm honored, I'm humbled, I'm nervous as a motherfucker. Um and I just wanna say uh thank you uh to Classic for taking uh me and Bianca on when we were doing this shit independently, um uh, adding us to the network and the many people that we have connected with and networked with and podcasted with um, 
when I had this idea to start a podcast, um, I had no inclination that this shit was going to be as successful as, as it has been. Um, and I just want to say thank you to Bianca um, for our friendship and our partnership. But so, what the fuck did I do? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, ain't did, I ain't did shit. I'm so very sitting pretty. <laughs> that you are. That you are. Um, but yeah, so uh, my uh, moonshine sounding ass is going to be uh, head of co-head of a network soon, and um, again, good to hell look everybody. Um, but thank you all for the support, um, and we're gonna keep this thing moving. Um, and yeah, shout out to Classic, and good luck to him and all of his future endeavors. And he's not gone for good. He's he will definitely be around, um, and also as an advisor. You know what I mean? Kind of kind of like how Steve Nash is um, now in the you know in the NBA. But uh, yeah. So that's that church announcement because I feel like it would be remiss if we didn't mention the shit. All right. So speaking of the NBA, um, so it's pretty much over. Uh, <laughs> finals are pretty much over. Damn. Okay. Next topic. Um, yeah. I want yeah, to say this though. Where, where's LeBron playing next off uh, next season? Before we do that, before we do that, before we do that. Oh come on! You just gotta twist the mic, don't you? I I'm sorry. I but this is what I want to say. This is what I want to say. The Warriors are the fuck unfair. And it is okay to acknowledge that. It is completely okay to acknowledge that these niggas are on the fuck fair. Nigga, this mother, these mother, Steph and fucking Clay were meh as fucking. That's putting it kindly. And these niggas still won. They won by multiple possessions in a game that was not clear what the result was going to be with like one minute left. These, like, in a game that didn't go to overtime. The, the margin of because because people try, let me because people tried to play semantics and say that people were making excuses quote unquote for LeBron and the Cavs stuff. Listen, let me tell you something. The margin for error for the Warriors as presently constructed is unlike anything we've ever seen. Ever. You have to play a perfect game and hope that they fuck up in order for you to win, and it's a good chance you still will lose to these niggas. That is the defi- that is the definition of under fuck fair. And it's okay to acknowledge that. It doesn't mean they don't deserve to win. It doesn't now you can get your jokes off. I'm 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 not stopping that. I'm I'm here for the jokes. But it doesn't mean they deserve they don't deserve to win. That doesn't take away from their greatness. That doesn't mean they owe the opposition the fa- anything because of the fact that they unfair. But they are indeed the fuck unfair. Like if if you have to play perfect in order to beat a team and you still might lose, that's the that's the clear, clear definition of oh this shit is unfair. We go this is David versus Goliath, and 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 unlike in that story, you ain't beating these niggas <laughs> as personally constructed. You ain't ain't nobody beating. Listen, the same way that nobody is beating LeBron James in the East as long as he stays in the East, the same way that as presently constructed, nobody including LeBron is going to beat these Warriors. That just is what the fuck it is. And it's okay to enjoy them and be honest about them and the fact that these niggas are unfair. And it's okay, because they are fun unfair. Now, you can have your motives and your jokes and your agendas, which I understand, because, listen, I hate James Harden with everything in my goddamn body, and it's hard for me to be objective about that nigga. I get it. I understand. Truly, I do. However, the Warriors are just unfair. They are again. Their margin for error is un- is unreal. These niggas could play piss poor and still fuck around and win with relative ease. That shit is insane. 
Um, but yeah, what what um what you had to, had to add, Bianca? I ain't mean to go on that diatribe. No, 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 that's totally fine. Um, so okay, so you mentioned how again, like two players were off, and then one player was on, and that's all that mattered, and that just tells you just how unbalanced like this the whole thing is. And I mean, you could say, oh well, LeBron picked these guys and all these other things, but. On the surface, you have to, you cannot, like, divest from acknowledging that of the 10 best players on the floor, or the 10 players on the floor at any given time, the Warriors have at least four of the top five. Correct. And very possibly five of the top six. Correct. You have three. The only reason they don't have six of the top seven is because they can't have six guys playing at one. Correct. And it is, and that is that shit is the definition of unfair. It's like you playing two K, and all your whole starting lineup is maxed out to ninety nine, and the other team has maybe one, maybe two ninety nine players on the other side. Like that is the definition of unfair. I mean, even separate from that. So okay, so we you know let's look at these teams objectively. Let's do the Doctor Jack style breakdown. So at small forward, you have LeBron James and Kevin Durant. You know, if we're going to call LeBron the best player on the planet, we are then calling Kevin Durant the second best player on the planet. Right. At point guard, you have Steph Curry versus George Hill. I'm just going to not even chuckle at that because that's ridiculous. Right. Um, at shooting guard, you have Clay Thompson versus Drunk R. Smith. Same. Um, right. At power forward, you have Draymond Green versus Kevin Love, and that's a little more even than, you know, we might let on, but I still give that advantage to the Warriors in that. You got to give that advantage to the Warriors because because the way that Draymond helps create, well, because we saw Draymond average like a lot of points and then like his scoring average dropped to like ten points a game like last season. I don't remember what it was for this season, but the the specific style of unselfishness that he plays opens up the game for the first three people I just mentioned, all of whom are better or basically equal to their Cavs counterparts. Right. And the thing is, we can do this exact same thought exercise with the Celtics, who lost the Game 7. Terry Rozier versus Steph Curry. That's no contest. Just like with George Hill. Um, Jalen Brown versus Klay Thompson. Same. Um, who was playing power forward for them? Uh, Al Horford versus Draymond Green. A little closer than, you know, we would admit. But look at the way Al Horford creates and who he's creating for versus who Draymond's creating for. Again, like, once you put the unselfish factor in there. And again, Horford's cut from that same cloth in that way. But the undeniable factor is Al Horford's creating for Terry Rozier and Draymond gets to create for Steph Curry. No contest. So, so again, they're, they're, they're a good team. They're a team that were built so well as it was. And then the year after winning 73 games, they added the second best player on the planet. So this is not an indictment on LeBron. Like, I know people want to make it that, and they want to be snarky, and they're going to bring up his finals record, and they're going to talk about getting swept twice in the finals, assuming that's what happens. Um, or they're going to play this extremely perfect game and, you know, actually steal one off the Warriors. But Wait. do you realize what we're saying here? We're saying that you have to play perfectly to maybe beat the Warriors. Right. It's amazing. In the NBA Finals. They had to break the Cavs had to break records to win one game against these niggas last year. Right. And one. And again, this is this is not the 2015-2016 um finals is in which, you know, in 2015 LeBron will these guys to a 2-1 lead before they lost the last three games. And then they came back from 3-1 down in 2016. Right. Which which had Harrison uh, Barnes on them. Well, and also real quick because I saw people trying to make this say that this is the same 
Cavs team that that because people tried to bring that up about like he don't have because they were trying to say that he don't have Kepler's an excuse because this is the same Cavs team that beat these Warriors, which which one lets me know that y'all full of shit because you know good and motherfucking well that was that this ain't that same Cavs team. So it's the same Cavs team at the trade deadline. Right. So it's like, again, like it's all these mental gymnastics just to one, either shit on LeBron because or indict LeBron because narratives and biases and all that shit, which, again, I hate James Harden. So I get it. But at some point in time, you have to set this shit to the side and actually talk about what you're seeing and the game and the facts. And the fact of the matter is this nigga LeBron is playing with the ghetto. LeBron James. LeBron James is playing with the ghetto. And, and and to your point, um, Bianca, if it would have been the Celtics, it would have been Al Horford playing with essentially the ghetto against a team that has three of the best shooters we've ever seen, arguably one of, if not, and I'll go ahead and say it, the best scorer we may have ever seen, a consistent defensive player of the year, and then a pretty good variety of big men that they can plug in at five off of the bench and give you consistent boards, defense, and rim protection. I was going to say, that, the, the, the hidden value that they have is they replace Maurice Spates with JaVale McGee. Correct. Correct. And that is what LeBron and also insert whoever would have came out of the East, that is what the Eastern representative in the finals would have to go up against is these niggas. That shit, no matter who it is, is and would be unfair. And it's okay to acknowledge that shit. In, you're be, you are being intellectually disingenuous if you try to do that. Just stop it. It's okay to say that these niggas are insane. They were insane before they added KD. Then they just made the shit fucking stupid in a good way, basketball-wise, but still stupid. And it just is what it is. You have to play perfect and hope that they be that all of them be off that game to maybe have a chance to beat these niggas. That shit is insane. But people will call you a either a Warriors hater or a LeBron apologist for porting that shit out. All right, so where's LeBron playing next year? Yeah, because we because first of all, y- y'all stupid, and we don't we don't we don't spend enough time talking about that. So let's have some fun. Um, well, first of all, I saw the report that Chris Paul is taking max money, so rule Houston out. <laughs> oh my God, are you kidding me? So you think that nigga going to Houston? No, I'm su- no, no, no. I'm surprised that they offered him max money. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw that. Um, was it yesterday? Paul in his age thirty seven season is going to be making forty five million dollars. Yeah, I thought I saw that shit either after the game or maybe like the morning this morning. But yeah, they're gonna offer that nigga max money. It's already reported. They're locking, they are locking the shit out of these players. Oh, uh, not okay. this uh, CBA expires. Oh my fucking god. Mm-hmm. No, 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 mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, okay. So yeah, Rule Houston out. Right. So Rule Houston out. Um, people been saying Philly, but I mm, no, not no more. I'm not. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> are, are you aware of what happened in Philadelphia, sir? No, I'm not. What happened? Okay, so uh, team general manager um, Brian Colangelo, son of Jerry Colangelo, who founded the Phoenix Suns and is the head of Team USA Basketball, Uh was found to have an account, or have multiple accounts, rather, of burner uh, Twitters 
that we're defending him and we're leaking potentially damaging health information about the status of some players. Oh, no, baby. What is you doing? And also defending the shape of Brian Colangelo's collars. Oh, shit. Oh, he does wear no, some really funny collar shirts. So, um, apparently his wife took the fall because the accounts are registered with uh, her name and email address. Or well, her phone number and email address. And so here's yeah. how they got him. Here's how they got him. So, uh, a writer for The Ringer, I can't remember his name right now, I don't want to get it wrong. A writer for The Ringer, um, which is Bill Simmons' sports site, um, discovered these curious tweets about Brian Colangelo, this curious defense of him, and decided to do some poking around. And he found multiple accounts that were doing the same thing. Um, and so this reporter reached out to Brian Colangelo about one of them. Mm. And all five got locked as a result of it. Except he didn't know that the reporter knew about all five of them already. Well, so the easy line to draw was hey, hey, it's Brian Colangelo, and then you know he mentioned, "Hey, uh, look at the registration information on the account. This is my wife's phone number and email address," which is a fair thing to say, all the way up to the point where I can still tell you my ex-wife's email address and phone number, like by heart. Yeah. It's been a weird year in the NBA for people affiliated with the NBA with burner accounts, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so, yeah, we can rule Philly out. <laughs> um, yeah, so Philly's off the table. And not to mention, Philly has a point guard that can't. That's true, too. Um, um, so there's that also. Um, I don't think he's going to L.A. You know, um, let's let's talk about that a little bit. Um, what does L.A. have? L.A. has... The ghetto. If they were... That, yes. If they were to do a sign and trade, for example, which I don't know the viability of that with the new CBA, but in the event they were to try a sign and trade, LA does have, you know, multiple parts that they could, you know, send to Cleveland. And no, this would totally be, you know, two nickels and a couple pennies for a dollar at best, because we're talking about young pro- uh, prospects here. And the pathology of the young prospect is, eh, we don't really know. So there's that at least. The Lakers also curiously have Isaiah Thomas and he and LeBron James, uh, you know, we saw that month went. Um, So he would be gone and it would probably take having a third team involved to get him away from the Lakers if LeBron's going to be the one who remains. So, yeah, the Lakers uh, suddenly don't seem very likely unless IT is somehow shipped away in a separate deal or something. Um, Ooh, 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 you know who is a compelling option and also has a dire need at small forward? And also has possibly some free agency money freeing up as a pretty big ticket guy is probably going to be leaving the franchise. Potentially. We don't know that yet. The Pelicans? The Pelicans. That is right, my friend. The Pelicans <laughs> are at minimum viable. Yeah. At minimum, yeah. I'm not saying it's particularly possible. And I'm certainly not even saying it's particularly probable. What I am saying is based on the way counting numbers work and team demands work and team needs work, you, you got to consider it. You got to consider it as a possibility. Now, here's another thing. Do you remember the proposition that the NBA made a couple to a few years back and they were like, ah, we're going to get rid of the whole conference thing when it's playoff time, we're just going to see the teams 1-16? to Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Team best teams get in the playoffs, and we will sort out you know your records and your tiebreakers and all you know when we need to. Guess who didn't want that? Mm. Yeah, mm. the first 
who has an entire conference to himself, and we've seen that for this entire decade to this point. Uh, to be honest, to be honest, to be honest, I mean, I mean, the nigga, the, the, he's basically been this nigga's playground, but you know, right? So he, there, there's that tie-in, and again, he's involved. I mean, Chris Paul's the president of the Players Association, but he's involved in all of the discussions that they have and everything. So I guess we gotta swing this thing open and start looking at some Eastern Conference teams in earnest. Like, oh, I don't know the Miami Heat. Mm. Mm. Not saying, but what I will say is that the Miami Heat have cap space. They have young assets. They still have Goran Dragic, so they have secondary ball handler in the need of you know that. Um, they they got some compelling pieces, and it's not like LeBron didn't play there before. So won't get his two best buddies maybe um, around this time. But that I'm putting that on the table. And that's all I'm going to do with it. I'm not going to do much more than that, but I'm going to put that on the table, my friend. And I want to get your thoughts on maybe LeBron going back to the Heat. Um, ah, hmm. The Heat who went to the playoffs and made a little bit of noise, by the way. Yeah, they did. Um, hmm, hmm. That would be interesting because, hmm. That would be interesting, um, him going back after going back after going back, you know, <laughs> right. I mean, so it's like, damn, nigga, you only know two cities, Cleveland and Miami, and, and arguably you have fans from both franchises that hate you, so it's like, goddamn. Um, I personally, I, and maybe this is just me, and listen, y'all can drag me for it, I get it. I honestly don't think he leaving Cleveland. But if he does, I wouldn't be upset about him going back to Miami. Um, so I have to ask you this. Um so Miami is a division rival of one of your favorite teams. That is correct. I would not be mad. Um, I would not be mad. Because, I mean, well, first of all, child, the Hawks, trash. So, I mean. No, no. I, what I was floating out was what if LeBron was like, I got broads in Atlanta. I, listen, okay, listen. I mean, with the actuality of that lyric would be more like LeBron is married to Savannah. The, yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to shut up. I'll, I'll shut up and listen. No, nah, it's fine. Listen, on the off chance that that nigga came here, listen, let me tell you something. Sports have been dead to me for a very long time. Uh, but listen, let me tell you something. If that nigga came here, I would be the biggest goddamn bronze fan, stand, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I Listen, I will – well, no, nah, I almost said something crazy. I will save coins to go see that nigga play and buy his jerseys and shit, but the actuality of that happened is – of that happening is a, a snowball chance in hell, but that's a fun that's a fun thing to throw out there. Think think about all of the songs that Sir Foster would begin to play and even make up maybe if LeBron found yo, because that would be combining two goats. Because Sir Foster is the goat, yes, and LeBron is the goat. Debate your, I said it. Debate your debate your uh, your uncle with the two front missing teeth. Um, so yeah, that would be interesting. You know, LeBron will finally have some help because, you know, again, Sir Foster is the GOAT. So, I don't, you know, it's it's a fun possibility. It's fun to throw out there, but, you you know, the in reality, you know, that shit ain't happening. But, yeah, I listen, for, I just, to me, I can't I can't see LeBron leaving the East for, for whatever reason. And maybe I'll be wrong. I don't know what the fuck is going to happen, but I just can't see that nigga leaving the East. Yeah, no. Um, so, let's see. Places he won't go. He won't go to Chicago. He won't go to Indiana. He won't go to Milwaukee. Won't go to Toronto. He won't go to the Knicks. Sorry. Um, he won't go to the Wizards again. Sorry. Um, 
Yo, did you see that John Wall is walking cornrows now? Um, let's see. LeBron won't go to the Magic. <laughs> I love how we didn't even acknowledge that. LeBron <laughs> will almost certainly, like, we can guarantee he's not going to be a Charlotte Hornet because Cheese Eyes owns the Hornets. Mm. Um, God, who's left even at this point? Um, did you see that rumor of that he and talks with the Warriors? Yeah, I saw that. I, uh, it's difficult for me to put any real stock into that. Yeah. Now uh, you really want you really want to talk about an even more unfair team, but if if LeBron goes to the Warriors, I would have to stop slandering Kevin Durant. I don't want that <laughs> because I don't know if you saw it, but he was giving the uh, the post game interview last night, and that boy Beads was boosted. Ooh, <laughs> them them little beady bees was going off the henny. Oh lord, he was looking like he was Be- looking like he was looking Be- like that Bob and didn't finish the job. Uh, okay, so continuing. Uh, Speaking of hinted, you had one job, JR. One job. Yeah, well, I mean, the ghetto. The, uh, the ghetto. LeBron is certainly not signing with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I don't see it happening in Detroit because they just fired uh, Van Gundy. So I think I named the entire East at that point. I mean, so we talked about Philly already. We talked about uh, Miami. We talked about Boston, kind of, um, because they don't. I mean, actually, we kind of talked about it. And they have pieces that they could send to Cleveland. I don't know if Cleveland would be all that willing to part with LeBron for said pieces. Because, um, again, I think in that case, you would have to do a sign and trade, just like when he got to Miami in 2010. Um, yeah. Make the money make sense. But, yeah, of all the teams that didn't make the playoffs, um, none of them are viable at all. I threw out that Atlanta thing because you live there and you're a Hawks fan. But I didn't throw that out there because I felt like, oh, yeah, LeBron's considering the Hawks. Mm. Sorry. Um, yeah, and, again, we can – like. Eh, if he goes to the West, I'm just ready to be surprised by that. I don't even want to speculate about these teams because, like, I mean, yeah, there's the Clippers, no, uh, there's Portland, and Portland, like, living here, like, it's cute. There's all these little stickers because, like, Adidas and Nikes are headquartered out here. Um, so they get these really cool ad pushes, and um, there's all these, like, tag stickers, like, on, like, utility boxes and signposts and shit like that that say, hey, LeBron, Dame needs a third option in Portland. Mm. Speaking of Portland, did you see CJ McCollum's tweet? Um, shit, which ones? Uh, yes, all of them. Yes, he is. Okay, uh, CJ McCollum. Let me say this about him: he's a journalism major. He knows the game. He 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 knows how to go after these dudes in the ways that you know lead you to uh, how to say walk out of a terrible interview with your head held high. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. The ghetto. So, um, speaking of the ghetto, uh, so another sporty sports news, uh. <laughs> Uh, do you want to talk about the White House fiasco or Tio first? Uh, I think the Tio thing we can get off quickly. Um, so let's go there. Um, Terrell Owens on his fourth or third, I can't remember what number we're at now, um, season of eligibility to be elected to the Hall of Fame, has been elected to the Hall of Fame. Um, and despite that, he doesn't want to be involved in it. He just wants to be elected and have that be the end of it. And, you know... I get it. I didn't fuck with T.O. a whole lot during his career. Um, he was always kind of a head-ass to me in ways I didn't necessarily rock with or adhere to or appreciate in others. But they spent years dragging that man through the coals for no good reason in most cases anyway. I mean, he had his little way of being sniffy with his quarterbacks or whatever. But, yeah, the media made him out to be, like, something else. Like, they would, you know, like, they wouldn't call him the N-word, but you could tell he wanted to. Yeah, yeah, you know how that face when like white people want to say the n word, but they don't want their ass whooped and they like, look 
They, like the boy look, who got lifted over that McDonald's counter? Yes, with the eye ass face. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 They always scrunch on their face like they got a fart on their lip. Yes, that is the face. Like, like it, like it's right. Like, no. yes, that's how they treat it to you. Like, I always want. Oh, you the N word, you, you black person. Right, you, 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 you thug. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I get it. Like, I and and I endorse this movie by him, and it, it is weird for me, admittedly, to be in a position where I agree with Tio on anything, but this is the one where. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I feel him too. You got, like, got, you got me in your corner on this one. Yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah, I, I mean, because I was like, y'all spent years shitting on me and moving the goalposts of why, why I couldn't get in, and now I'm finally in. It's like, nah, fuck y'all niggas, because I should have been in, which he should have been in. Now, whether you like him or not, that's up to you, but as far as the criteria for the Hall of Fame, that man was definitely a Hall of Fame. It should have been in before now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's what, like, I think... Third in touchdowns all the time, uh, second in, in receiving touchdowns. I think, uh, yeah, behind uh, Jerry Rice, behind Jerry Rice. I think, uh, second or third. Randy Moss is up there. I know they numbers, yeah, it's, it's him, it's him, Randy, and Tio. It's, it's Jerry Rice, uh, Randy, and Tio. And I think Tio and Randy, depending on like if you want to say touchdowns or receiving yards or whatever, they kind of interchangeable, but they are the, the big three, yeah. I think Randy Moss got him on the yards, but I think Tio got him on the touchdowns, yeah. Because Tio wasn't a full-time starter in his whole career. I mean, Randy Moss had a couple seasons with the Raiders, and then the last season in Minnesota was kind of trash. But, yeah, I think Moss has the yards, and Tio has the TDs. But either way, 2-3, 3-2, three, three, however you want to look at it, um, he, he produced on the field, you know. Um, again, my issue is that, you know, quarterback, name but one ball. You know, he's going to throw the ball away. He's going to throw it, and might not always be you. And – you might be the kind of guy that you can throw open or you can beat a double coverage because neither of the guys on you are as good as you. Like, there's all these different ways around it. And, again, I agree, you know, Wideland's view with that. But the thing I couldn't get with was the way he just dogged, like, team leaders, like, publicly, commonly, like, all the time. And the people who like that are the people who are like, yo, I just keep it real. I just keep it real. And it's like, no, you keep it rude. And those aren't the people I'm necessarily fans of in any context. Um, And, yeah, T.O. was in some ways kind of a – emblematic of that type of person so i am glad that you know having said all that i'm glad that he's not going to the hall of fame to be sound bit to hell uh, uh, the, the you know inauguration stuff to be sound bit to hell and to have his words misinterpreted that one last time like i think he's just kind of enjoying his life now and good for him yeah yeah seems like he you know seems like he has reached a place of peace in his life and it looks good on him i, I you know i have to give credit what credit do it peace looks good on to so so, but speaking of things that are not peaceful, uh, <laughs> so do I get to bring this in? Yeah, because you got more backstory on it than I do. All right, so Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. I'm sorry, y'all. I was wrong. Um, there you go. Um, went ahead and decided, mostly as a team, that they were probably not going to go to the White House for the tradition of meeting the president in the summer to have your you know championship commemorated by the White House and da da da. Um, and so what Orange Cheeto decided he would do instead was throw a party for true patriots to mm. sing uh, patriotic songs and hold their hands over their hearts and be performative head asses. Correct. And looking to fuck stupid. Exactly. Um, one person did want to go to the White House, and this won't shock you who this person was. It was quarterback Nick Foles, who, you know. He who was Nick Foles. He was Nick Foles, who carried the team through December and January. People thought he wouldn't do it, me included. And he did it. And good for him is what I say. Um, I I have 
nothing to hold on to in that sense in terms of like any sort of pride or anything. He stepped up, he got the job done. Props. Um, Call the touchdown pass. And he and he caught a touchdown pass. He wanted to go to the, to the White House to you know partake in the festivities, but the team was disinvited, so he didn't go. And like the Eagles are going to send like him and like a couple staffers and maybe the mascot, like you know maybe a couple cheerleaders. Like it wasn't going to be like this big old thing where like the entire team shows and they take the picture on the South Lawn and they do the picture in the big gallery and you know they present the commemorative jersey to like they weren't going to do all that. Um, so some emails went out. Oh, we checked the emails. Emails went out, and it was two White House staffers and, like, D.C. area staffers and other people with various government jobs um, were sent these emails told to come to the, you know, White House lawn at such and such time for this event having to do with what we're doing for the Philadelphia Eagles or not doing for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, instead, we're throwing a party, you know, for the Patriots of this great country, not the New England Patriots, but the Patriots of this great country. That's an important distinction. And there were people just kind of milling out on the White House lawn, chilling, enjoying the lunch break. They out of the office, you know, things we can all support as people with office jobs or had office jobs in the past. And Philadelphia sent the beat reporter there. And that reporter asked six people at random if they could name the starting quarterback of the Super Bowl champion Eagles who were being celebrated that afternoon. Jeremy, can you tell me how many people knew who that, what that quarterback's name was? I'm going to go with zero. You are right, my friend. None of them got it right. Ooh, look none, of them, none of them knew who Nick Foles was or that he was the quarterback of the Super Bowl winning champion, Super Bowl championship winning Eagles. Look in the fucks to when you do clownery. When you do clownery. Um, my word. Yeah. Look in the fucks. Stupid. Mm. What, is num- what is the number one rule, Bianca? But have me out in the streets looking like a dumbass. There you go. And my word, what a... What a shit. And you know what? Let's for while we're here. While we're here. Uh speaking of looking the fuck stupid, uh shout out, and I'm saying that with all of the air quotes, obviously, and all of the sarcasm. Uh shout out to Fox News for um using their propaganda and ended up looking the fuck stupid. Um because because um that that man that white folks selected um did put that stunt. Fox News has decided to you to try to use this to their, as their propaganda for you know the players that are you know anti the Philadelphia Eagles are anti patriot blah 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 because they were you know because of the anthem protests and they started showing footage of the Eagles players kneeling uh, but come to find out it wasn't it, it wasn't them kneeling during the anthem or the protest or whatever it was them kneeling and praying like pregame, like way before the game was even started, like doing like drills and reps before the game and shit. Right. And, and then like one where like they went to they dropped to a knee because like a player was hurt or something like that. Like right. that's what that teams do that on both sides. Like, you know, a guy gets hurt and you know they need to send the trainer out and like, you know, the stretcher and what have you. All the players go to their knees because again, kneeling is seen as a sign of respect and of deference. And I'd say this, I just watched, um, like, I'm about to grab some food in a little bit once we're done podcasting. I just watched three uh, Navy men in their summer whites walk out of this restaurant. And, I, you know, if I weren't doing this, I would have asked them what they thought about it. And I'm pretty sure they would say, hey, like, Colin Kaepernick spoke to Nate Boyer, who was a serviceman just like we are. And his recommendation was for them to kneel instead of just sit down and just be, you know, posted up chilling while the anthem's going on. Which, by the by, some players did do. Some players did just decide to just sit down and chill. You know why I'm here. 
Mm-hmm. So the the notion of the kneeling being turned into the bad thing um, really kind of came to a head when a okay, so a member of the Eagles, uh, safety Malcolm Jenkins, who's been involved with protests in the past and for a little bit was starting to say some things that made him sound like the police. But yeah, um, he was looking funny in the light. But uh, he had a press conference yesterday in which he said nothing at all. He used signboards to make his points. And the biggest point, the foremost point that he made most often was you aren't listening. Correct. I mean, at this point, it's so... I mean, I guess we could talk about it while we're here. Just a, just a little bit, because we got more to talk about. Mm. It the, the whole anthem shit, like, it is so far removed from the original point of what Colin, Neil, sat, whatever the fuck, in the first place. Like, we are so... And I mean the collective we, not the individual we. We mm. are so like far removed from that shit, which is which honestly is by design because that's what they want. Like they want to focus on the 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 act itself and the bullshit around that. And and like you just said, like Michael said, like not listening, like which is on purpose because they don't give a fuck. And they and you know white people, this is on y'all. You know get your, get your people. Those are the few of y'all y'all that got sense. You need to get your people. Um. They don't give a fuck, and they ain't never gonna give a fuck. And 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 at best, they'll act like it's like both sides or whatever. Which that's that m that m perf that um performative impartiality or performative objectivity, mm-hmm. where, you, where you try to act like two things are. Speaking of, remind me to come back to that. Um, try to act like two things are like it's both sides. Um, ignoring power dynamics and nuance and all that shit. So again, it's by design. We have gone so far from what Colin. Uh, protested uh, about, but speaking of nigga, when I tell you, did you see that report that came out uh, with with Collins' lawyers about that lawsuit against the NFL? You talk about T. I got it keyed up in my um, reader for when we're done uh, because yeah, I'm like I, I want to. I want this in my veins. Like, I, I, I want all of this story. Like, give it all to me. Theater, I tell you. Um, but yeah, so, you know, they ended up looking the fuck stupid over that shit. The Eagles made them look the fuck stupid. They had to end up apologizing to the Eagles. Well, Fox News did. They had to end up apologizing to the Eagles organization and the players because, see, you should have just said that. Ain't you got damn food? But nope. Nope. You want to be out here looking the fuck stupid to try to for your little propaganda and agendas and shit and not look at you. But uh so yes. Um so since we're here, speaking of the White House, so uh Alice Johnson um got pardoned and was released. Um I wanna say did it break what? Two what today is Thursday as we were recording it broke what? Tuesday? Broke yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I, uh, mm, I, okay, so let me say this. I, because, I mean, okay, so it's several things that work here, right? One, it is good that Alice um, got pardoned. Um, it is great that she is coming home. It's great that she will be with her family. It's great that she will be with her loved ones. It's great that she will, she will be free. Totally great, totally fine. That is good. And I don't want to say but. I want to say, however, it is sad that this administration is essentially using her as a prop and a political bargaining chip, essentially, to be like, 
oh, hey, look, black people, this administration is a racist. Look what we did. Um, that's another part of it. The other part of it is, is that this story really got attention because Kim Kardashian um, had an interest in this woman and from her accounts felt connected to it and you can feel how you want to feel about that either way. I'm not here to tell people how to feel or, or shame people about feeling a way about that family and about Kim because I, and especially in black women's case, I think we have to be honest because people like to say, well, y'all just hate the Kardashians for no reason. And it's like that's being very disingenuous. Um, one, because that family is annoying. I mean, let's just keep college spade spade. Like, the, the family is annoying as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, two, it's kind of that thing where we're playing revisionist history, like how people were playing revisionist history about, like, the treatment that Serena Williams got on the internet, <laughs> like, in the past. And, and Kelly Rowland. Yeah. And Kelly who, Listen, oh, whew, that day y'all got on my nerves. Even people that I love and respect because who if y'all weren't playing Y'all niggas was lying. Y'all Lord, niggas was lying sad. like Ooh, y'all was lying. And I love y'all. I love ooh. us for real. But ooh, if y'all weren't lying. And ooh, if y'all weren't taking shit out of context and not reading. Ooh, shit. Ooh. Ooh, Lord. But but before we get off on the tangent, because ooh. Talk, now, the, the timeline definitely was the ghetto that day, because my Lord. Um, but, um, but it's a bit revisionist because... One of the reasons, especially online, why a lot of black women um are have ill feelings towards that family is because on social media, niggas, not on an individual basis, because you know niggas love to throw a not all, not on an individual basis, but in general, there were niggas that used to elevate the Kardashians and purposefully antagonize with other women, specifically black women, with the Kardashians, like putting the Kardashians up on a pedestal, like we're not finna saying that, like niggas didn't used to say shit, like you know, fuck these, fuck these, you know, get you a Kim K or some crazy shit like that, like we're not finna saying that, like that wasn't a thing because it was. Now niggas either grew out of that shit or they've realized that shit wasn't popular anymore or whatever the case may be, and they don't do it now. We not finna sit here and act like and be disingenuous and act like that shit wasn't a thing. So that's another reason why. You know, a lot of people in, in, like I said, in particular, black women don't really see it for the Kardashians because niggas will use them as kind of like this. They're like the lightning rod, so to speak. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Bianca. I was trying to find a word for it, but yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another part of it, right? And then you know, and especially lately with all this shit with with Kanye and Kim. Losing her mind on social media, defending that nigga, which honestly I still maintain that that was Kanye tweet for her phone. To be perfectly honest, it was. I, I, I'm reasonably certain at least that first weekend was exactly that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, it's reasonable for people. Uh, first of all, Beyonce don't like them, so that's reason alone <laughs> for a lot of people, and especially a lot of black women. It's like, look, my queen don't like that bitch, so I don't like that bitch. Okay, so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those things where two things, multiple things can exist at the same time, where people have valid reason to not like Kim Kardashian or that family, um, but she also did a good thing, and it's great that Alice is home, but also it's sad that Alice is going to be used as a prop and as a political tool for this administration um, against black people, pretty much. Um, 
And also, the other part of it was that some people, not a lot, not a lot from what I saw, but some people, anti-blackness really showed because, again, it's that thing where, and I'm not just going to say black men did it because I saw some black women doing it too, but people were using the Kardashians, and in this case, Kim, to show their anti-blackness because as soon as that shit happened, oh, saw some, oh go ahead. No, no, I'm just amazed because, you know, today's Prince's birthday, and I'm on the same street in front of the same restaurant. And I got a couple fellas uh, in some Prince get-ups, one with the artist-shaped guitar, um, on his back while he's on his bike. Real? Oh, I wasn't gonna. I was gonna make a, no, I was gonna make a mention. I was gonna make a mention of Prince um, towards the end because I, I, I wasn't gonna let us forget. But yeah. I just got surprised by this. Like I'm, like I wore a purple tunic today because you know Prince Day and all. But yes, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so it's like multiple things can exist at the same time with this shit. Um and you know what I mean um what I will say and like I um before I was finna say it's like some people use that it was like it didn't need to turn into like oh Kim Kardashian is like woke or like she's an activist now because first of all what was reported initially and what Kim actually went there for are two different things because what was initially reported was she was going to talk to Orange Mussolini about prison reform. And from what it seems like was actually came out recently, Kim was just attached and invested in Alice and wanted to see about getting Alice and Justin, which again is good, but that's not the same. An individual case is not the same as like widespread like prison reform. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because like that was that but was apparently, apparently that's a thing she cares about, independent of like this commutation of the sentence or what have you. Uh, because she met with him about that like two weeks ago as well, and so mm. I don't know. Like, it, like is she gonna keep fighting for this, or like is she really find her thing? Um, right, it's conflicting. Does she have a sensitive ear in the White House office? Like, what is what is this? Yeah, I think that's the best way. to like, what is this? Because it's so much at the same time. Like, cause see, I didn't even know that part until you just told me. So it's like conflicting information and shit. But what we, again, what we do know is that Alice is home, and that's good. And like I said, it's sad that she's gonna be used as a tool. And while Kim did this one good thing, it don't it don't erase the other fuck up she and that family that done had and people are entitled to feel and well within their rights to feel how they feel about her individually, independent of this one good act that she did. So mm-hmm. and don't cause and you don't need to turn this into a Kim versus activist or Kim is doing more than you know activists about blah, blah, blah. first of all. First of all, a lot of us talk a real big game and a real, real strong game, real strong game about activism and activists and what we think activism should and should look like and what activism is and isn't. And and this is not saying you can't that any activist or whatever isn't above reproach or critique. This is just simply saying that a lot of us font very loudly. Um, about about shit and about activists, and we know good and goddamn well the most our activism is is a retweet, a retweet, or or you know what? And and I'll say this, and you know people can disagree with it. It's fine. A lot of us take our asses, and our form of activism is voting and doing nothing else. Um, and I, that's not to say that voting isn't important. Obviously, you know, b- before people, you know. If VV loud and aggressive with me, that's not me saying that voting isn't important. What I'm saying is there's a lot of grassroots stuff. There's a lot of local causes that a lot of local activists do that's either in conjunction or independent of voting. 
and all of it helps. All of it is 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 a step towards freedom. And a lot of us, and especially who, especially with this election, a lot of us talk a really good game. Uh, and we think it stops at voting, and that's it. And that's not the case. Like there's a lot of stuff outside of voting in conjunction with voting that you can do that a lot of activists um do um while we sit and just basically, you know, stick our nose up and feel good about ourselves just because we cast a ballot. A ballot. And I'll leave it at that. Mm. So, you know, just something to ref- think on. You know, you don't have to agree. You know, I mean, it's fine. I mean, you're not going to be my ass for my opinion, but, you know, it, you know, good luck, everybody. Yeah, no, I mean, you see a lot of that lately. Like, and I saw, um, you know, Dragonfly Jones mentioned, you know, when Kate Spade passed away, people were like, you know, talking about, like, well, she, she passed away in suicide. Um, you know, people talking about, you know, like how suicide might have affected them and their family or how, you know, people may feel like, hey, suicide might not be the answer. Like, reach out to the suicide hotline and see if they can't help you find a purpose or, you know, whatever. Um, I don't really traffic much in the talk about suicide myself because I have, you know, still things in my own life that I'm dealing with about it in that way. But um, there were people like hipsterfying, like the notion of supporting like those who may be feeling suicidal where it was like yo you know someone posted a hotline and they're like oh look at you fake karen and it's like can you get the fuck out of here like can you can you take that can you take that shit and take a long walk the fuck away from like any social media with it because this is that's ridiculous yeah a lot was happening that listen when in doubt shutting shutting the fuck up is free and i do that a lot now that don't mean i don't carry on when i want to because i do however Shutting the fuck up is 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 is, is it. shutting the fuck up is a form of self care for yourself and others, and it costs you nothing. Um, especially when you don't know what the fuck you talking about. Um, and I know I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about a lot. So again, I shut the hell up when I carry on. I carry on, but more often than not, I shut the hell up. So, you know. Um, now speaking of somebody that probably do need to shut the hell up. So um, we talked about this. I want to say a week ago or two weeks ago. Um. But yeah, we gotta revisit it a little bit. Um, so XX um Tentacool, um, you know, he has been resurfaced, I wanna say, in the news because the, the details of just how abusive this nigga is um has come back to surface ever since, like I said, two a couple of weeks ago we reported that Spotify was threatening to to have a slap on the wrist on in a not exactly well thought out manner, although maybe one could argue a nice gesture, but not a very well thought out one. Um, when they decided to include XX um teriyaki chicken um in their hateful content um policy, which they would uh, limit or uh, how they promote his um music and art and stuff. Um, and I, if you uh, if you recall at the time. We talked about Kendrick Lamar um, name being in some shit where he was like he would threaten to take his music down if they if, you know, they went along with this policy and stuff. And at the time we were like, well, you know, maybe it was just, you know, a misunderstanding or maybe it was, you know, Kendrick is more mad at the policy as opposed to like just outright support of Tentation. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I say his name because the joke is we gonna mess up his name because he deserves it. Because fuck that nigga. Um, XX um, Tomokula, uh, XX Temecula. Um, 
But yeah, you can't really play that now because yeah, Kendrick is per his reps. Like, and you can't even argue the semantics of, well, you know, well, that's just his reps. It's like, is it really him? And it's like, that literally is the point of reps is to represent their clients. Mm. So you can't, you can't even really play the semantics with that shit. Um, because, and also it's not just him. Like, it's that whole TDE clique that is kind of back in um, XX, uh, XX Telephone. So... I. Uh, go ahead, Bianca. I got an article about it pulled up, but if you just want to say anything real quick. Yeah, no. This uh, this public defendant is the thing where it gets weird. Um, I always say, you know, in situations like this, if you want to, like, support, hey, like, let's be a little more claro about what this terms and conditions actually is before y'all just go, like, throwing out the music of any and everybody y'all just don't like. I get that. But, like, this shit they're doing now, and I mean, I even said that when we talked about this last. I was like, I get it if you want to say, hey, like, define this shit a little bit better so that we can know, like, what we're getting into with this whole, like, policy, then yes, that's that's defensible. What's going on now, that's something else. Like, it's it's become this whole other thing where it's, like, you know, Spotify versus us, and, like, instead of this this tactician-ness that I have suggested of working together, this is, hey, like, you're the enemy now, and because you're the enemy, I'm gonna comport myself as such, and the way I'm gonna accomplish that is I'm going to tell you very openly that like I support this person because I don't want to be subjected to the same thing this person's being subjected to and that's where they lose me um because I always say when people out there caught fucking up you can support your friend you know if that's your friend or whatever or your favorite or what have you you can support them if you want to but don't be out here publicly defending people who are on the wrong side of you know whatever it is going on because like you know I read that story about the shit that um XX Tapioca did to that girl and I'm not going to lie. I had to, like, read it in segments. I could not sit through it all the yeah. way in one reading. Yeah. Um, and it's, and you know what? It's also that thing where it's like, it, it, and we say this about R. Kelly, like, you can't even do the separation of the music because XX, um, XX uh, Tree Branch raps about women the way he treats women. Like, so you can't even do the separation of art and music. Like, he literally... Cause you know a lot of you know a lot of rappers rap about treating women you know bad and stuff and that's kind of like the nature of rap you know it's problematic by design and stuff. Uh, but mm-hmm. some of those rappers you know uh, well a lot of them actually while they rap a good game they don't live that game you know what I mean it's like I mean even though he lost the beef it's like what Drake said initially about Pusha T it's like you are a pro- an approachable guy you know you really aren't out here selling drugs like you say you are. But with XX, um, XX, uh, terrible sleeve, that nigga raps what he does. Like, he raps about beating and mistreating and doing all types of stuff to women. And then the art imitates the life. Like, the nigga, like you said, like that story about what he did to his, his ex girlfriend, like, that shit was hard to stomach. And, like, you can see the pictures of her. Like, there's a GoFundMe for her, like, medical expenses, I think, on Twitter right now. I think I retweeted it the other day. So for Kendrick and TDE and that label to be promoting this nigga's music and supporting this nigga, you, you can't argue the semantics of how trash that is. You just can't. I mean, you could try, but you'll be looking the fuck stupid. But you can't. Don't be having me out here in these streets looking like an idiot. Don't be having me out here looking the fuck stupid. So, <sighs> But yeah, no. Um, again, like Spotify did need to fix the policy and they needed to be more claro with it. 
and the artists were not wrong to ask for that clarification. But again, you can't defend what they're doing now instead. It's indefensible. And so, I don't know. Like, I, where does that leave us? I mean... It's that, it's that black it's that, it's that black male solidarity shit, man. Mm-hmm. It's like, nigg- niggas love to defend and, and niggas love to support an abuser. I just, you know, and it's sad to kind of leave it at that's, you know, that simple, but yeah, it's unfortunately niggas just love to support an abuser and it's it's sad, it's disappointing, but you know, it's to be expected at this point. Like it like it's it's surprising when niggas do come out and say, Yeah, this nigga trash and fuck this nigga and I don't fuck with this nigga at all. Like it's it's rare that you get that and it's it's sad. And I'm talking about like like far as entertainment and shit goes. Like it's sad. But it's rare that you see a nigga just come out and say, nah, fuck this nigga. This nigga trash. He an abusive piece of shit. I don't fuck with this nigga. Nah. Like, you'll see silence at best, and then at worst, you'll see some shit like, oh, I support this nigga. Or like Tyrese and Scottie Pimpin in videos with R. Kelly toasting this shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, but hey, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's up to people to feel how they feel about Kendrick, and if they want to Stop fucking with him or cancel him or whatever. But this is definitely, definitely not a good look. Uh, so, but uh, but something that is a good look, uh, depending on who you root for in this situation. Which honestly, it's only one clear person to root for. But you, but you know, people are weird. So mm-hmm. keep it with the rap game. Uh, Lil Wayne won his lawsuits against lawsuit against Birdman. Yeah, too. You know, I can't really call that nigga baby because when I think of baby, I think baby, I think of like <laughs> when, like when I think of baby, I think of like adorable little munchkins, <laughs> little, little humans, and 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 Birdman look like a fucking foot. So it's like I can't really call because it's like how can I call you baby and you look the way that you look like you do not you look like you look like a <clears throat> you look like a ball of soot, sir. Like I. How is your name, baby? And you look like an old shoe. Like what? Is, how? So I, I can't call that man, baby. That motherfucker name is Birdman. But yeah, Lil Wayne won his lawsuit against Birdman. Good for him. Now he's a rap-free agent. Um, he can go spit his um, what would you call his raps? Codeine bars? I, I don't know. Codeine bars. He can he can go annoy people with his rap tunes. Um, somewhere else now. Good for him. Yay! Clap clap. Um. I would just want Birdman and Joanne to scam. Yeah. <laughs> Cause my yeah, Bird, and I'm I'm gonna tell you, I went to like I went to the nerd school in New Orleans. And I remember I was in high school we were talking about the rise of cash money. I was in ninth grade, and like even then, like this was ninety eight, we were speculating then that uh Birdman's just stealing all these niggas' money anyway, and like and we saw it. And so like the fact that we've got, you know, fifteen plus years down the line and like, yes, that's exactly what happened. Um, you know, almost twenty years down the line, that's exactly twenty years down the line. That's exactly what happened. Birdman was stealing these niggas money. And finally somebody got it off him. So what, what is it? Caught a seven or something that he's on is apparently gonna be released through some company and then he's free to do whatever he wants to do, um, like legitimately. Um can I say I, I didn't miss him that much? That's fair. Oh, because but... uh, here's why I didn't miss him that much. Okay, so you know, people my age who were like eight years old when Ice Cube was at his rap apex like to wax poetic about the nineties. Correct. And I'm like, yo, that music wasn't for us. Why are you even like what? And now they bash the rappers ten years younger than us, 
And sure, okay, fine. It's not for you. Rap's a young man's game, and you ain't that young person no more. Okay, that's that's cool too. But y'all be skipping a whole fucking decade. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't. There, there is no talk about Ghostface and Ludacris and Ti and you know uh, fucking um, Lil Wayne and all these other rappers who you know Chameleonaire and and. Paul Wall and you know I could go on and on. I mean, the West Coast kind of you know took a break for a little bit. Outcast, like you know, these other artists who peaked into the beginning of our adulthood, who were subjectively good at what they did, and they just get lost in this like obsession with hype beast in the '90s so much. And I've ranted about this on the show before, and I'm doing it again. And I don't feel bad. It's my show. Kiss my ass if you don't like it. Um, but yeah, haven't said all that. Like. I, is it is it fair to say that Lil Wayne mumbled so Twenty One Savage could grumble? Yeah. Is, is it is is that a fair like is that a sentence I can say? Like is what I'm asking here. Um, because I feel like that's where we are, and I feel like you know, yes, there there was. I mean, I just mentioned I'm trying to pick up all these rappers from an era when I was a young adult, and they were too. Um, but you know, snap music was born out of that era, and snap music begat mumble rap. Is what it is. Um. And I, I kind of feel like we have Lil Wayne to thank for the onset of mumble rap, even though he's not a contemporary of any currently boosted mumble rappers, dare I say. Um, which, again, is my really long-winded way of saying that I could take or leave Lil Wayne, and if you wanted to leave him, I am okay with it. Do not need another Lil Wayne album. I don't need any more mixtapes. Maybe a feature here and there. That's it. Well, like I said, good for him and all, but... Well, that is that is definitely fair. Um, in your prerogative. Um, I would say this nigga, <clears throat> this nigga won ten million dollars because he sued he sued he sued Birdman's Cash Money Records to have his record deal tossed. He accused the label of owing him tens of millions of dollars, including eight million dollar advance for the Carter Five plus two million once the album was finished. Um, the agreement. Is that Universal handed over well over ten million dollars to Weezy F Baby in exchange? They received the rights to put the Carter Five, put out the Carter Five, which they are happy about. Um, I'm getting this from Basel. Um and Bird, according to this, Birdman didn't have to give up anything to Lil Wayne, but he did have to terminate and toss up the contract, which he did. So, hmm, well, ten million dollars. Mm. Good for him. That's a long time of not having to rap, sir. You do not have to apply your trade to make your money. Right. Enjoy, good, enjoy good. the spoils of your legal victory. You right. Know, good luck, everybody. And decide you want to make a techno album. Mm. Easy. Uh, nope. Not going to go down that rabbit hole. Um, so, yeah. Because, um, <laughs> um, so <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Are you wanting a Little Wayne album? No. I have to ask. I know there's an ocean of gray area between us, but, like, is, is that what you... Are you, like, England kind of semi-secretly for, like, the Carter 9 to, to drop? Ah, the Carter 9. But, nah, nah. Um, you know... Okay, I just, I just had to ask. I, I again, you know, versions of that question. Good, just wanted to know. Now, you know, good luck to Lil Wayne and good luck to anybody that wants to hear Lil Wayne in 2018. You know, no shade. It's just not me. I'm not that person. I don't want to hear Lil Wayne in 2018. But, again, good luck, everybody. Um, so I think, uh, okay, so it's Prince's birthday, because we've been going on kind of long, and I got to get my black ass up in the morning. Um, so one, is Prince's birthday, um, as you're hearing, um, because we're recording on Thursday, um, and it's Prince's birthday, so RIP the purple one, I've been playing uh, Prince on and off all day, 
Uh, that got me through work because y'all know I hate my coworkers. Uh, never forget the shade that Trace that uh, Prince threw at Trace Songs when Trace Songs fucked up Purple Rain in front of him at the BET Awards. <laughs> never forget, I had to bring that tweet back. First of all, I didn't know that tweet tweet went that goddamn viral because I had muted it until today. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, you motherfuckers had my missions destroyed over that goddamn tweet. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and that shit was at like 20, 20, 24,000 or some shit. Like, what the fuck? Uh, Jesus. But anyway, so I had to bring that tweet back for today in honor of Prince. Rest in peace. Because Prince probably was down there shading all of us, to be perfectly honest. Even people that love him, he's probably looking down at us on a cloud and like a, 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 a robe and some a robe and some auntie slipper, just like mm, peasants, um, because that's just kind of just just who Prince was. He was the purple one. He was unreal. Um, so, but yeah, rest in peace, Prince, and happy birthday. Um, also, <laughs> I was waiting on it actually. That is a great segue, actually, because Trey Song sounded like the ghetto. And listen, yes, thank you. And straight Twitter is the ghetto, because listen, uh, you niggas, hashtag you, hashtag y'all, if it don't fly, let it fly. You niggas. Right. But motherfuckers on Twitter or social media, Y'all straight straight Twitter like y'all in these goddamn arguments about dates and now this quote unquote predate shit like I every day we stray further from God's life. I just want be want to know what the fuck be wrong with y'all again hashtag y'all what the fuck is wrong with people like y'all like y'all yeah y'all are not the fuck okay like it was back we got two hundred dollar dates fly out rules. Now we got fifty dollar dates. Now we got pre dates. Now we got, you know, can you make your man a plate? Redux. I just I, listen. This is not to say that people of other, you know, identities and uh, orientations don't have dating woes and problems. But listen, let me tell you. Listen, straight people are the fucking worst. Like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? Like, what is what? Like, like, and I, I try not to be condescending or rude, but I just be like. Like, do do y'all have interactions with humans, like, in real life? <laughs> like, I, I, mm, I, mm, I, I, I don't like it. I, I want y'all to get, get do better. I want y'all to seek help. I really do. And I don't mean that shadily. I, I sincerely want y'all to seek help because y'all are not the fuck okay. I am so glad I don't have to paint somebody being a man anymore. Um, uh, oof, the ghetto. I Okay, so my cousin was in town last weekend. Um, and she was she had to be celebrated as a be received as a new bride, and her husband stayed back home uh, with their with their uh, younger child. And I asked, I said, you know, why didn't he come out? And she was like, well, he would have been bored. And I was like, you know, like I'm acting like, oh yeah, I would have entertained him. Been like, yo, what's up, bro? Let's go. And then like I got like ten seconds into it, and I was just like, who the fuck said that? <laughs> and 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 from there, I guess you could you know pop the fan all the way out and go. Who was that person when, when when it was me? Like it feels like someone else did all that shit, and I just happened to be there for all of it. So yeah, I woof. Okay, um, yeah, y'all y'all can y'all can have it. Y'all can have y'all little fifty dollar dates, and 
Y'all can have y'all a little, is this a date? Is this a date? Is this a date? Is this a date? Times a fucking million. Y'all don't know what a date is no more. I mean, I show up to my dates with a U-Haul because that's what lesbians do. Don't you dare repeat that joke, anybody, unless you're lesbian. Um, or identify as such, or could be could be identified as such. Anyway, um, where am I going with this? Um, yeah, speaking of dates, I went on a first date last week. Oh, this show's coming to y'all late. Um, yeah, I went on a first date last week that ended at the airport. That was fun. Um, let's see. Rest in peace to Kate Spade. I guess we're going to start doing some wrap-ups here. Uh, rest yeah, in peace yeah, this wrap-up. And um, to Tandoori Chicken 49... Stop running away from Chief Keith. Stand up and get your little rainbow head bust if that's what it's going to come to. Because, uh, you know, it's not like very many people out here, you know, checking on Tamagotchi uh, 61 or whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nobody's really um, out here checking for uh, Turnpike 89. Yeah, and no, I still don't know any songs he's made, um, which doesn't mean I never heard a song yet. I just mean I don't know it. Um, which is bad. That's got to suck. Like, if, you know, you've been out here rapping and you are, you know, Turnstile 54 or whatever your rap name is, and you're out here making songs and having beef with people, you would want people to know your songs, wouldn't you? Yeah, you one one would think. One would think. But, you know, I don't think, you know, uh, I don't, but, you know, I don't think Tabernacle 07 is really the brightest tool in the shed. So, you know. Yeah, no, Trigonometry 43 is uh, very much lost in the sauce, as Scoochie Man would say. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Trigger Tremel is definitely not, uh, Trigger Tremel 10 is definitely not the, you know, it's not someone you would, you would go to for like rational thought. So, also, sorry about why we're getting, and it's it's not like Tempopedic, you know, 51 has (laughs) much to offer in that way anyway. Uh, also, why we why we making jokes about this dude's name? Like he is actually a terrible person, like dead ass. He really is. Uh, so, but yeah, that's enough of um, that's enough of a uh, tri- tri- uh, trilogy eighty six. So, um, I think this is an episode because, um, like I said, I got to get my black ass up in the morning. So, seventy two will no longer be spoken of on this show. Correct. So, uh, thank you all for listening. Um, thank you all for supporting um, the show and the network and, you know, send our, you know, boss man, the CEO, uh, classic, uh, proper send-off. Uh, and, yeah, thank you to everyone that's uh, supporting me and Don um, as we do this transition. Um, and we're going to keep this thing going. And, you know, we got we got. So Appropriating transition, you just appropriating transition. Is that what's going on? Uh, all right. No, not being serious. Um, all right. You're doing amazing, Bianca. Uh, I'm doing my best with what I have, where I am. Yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, shout out to everyone that's uh, rocking with us. And uh, Bianca, if you got anything else to add, I think we can wrap this on up and get on up out of here. Um, shoe designers, come on. Stop stopping at 11. Come up to like 14 at least. Please, fuck with your girl. Please fuck with your girl. Yeah, that's all I got. I went shoe shopping today, and uh, yeah, it wasn't successful. Oh, and shout out to Julia, the the flight attendant who bought the fire ass shoes while I was shoe shopping today. That um, you know, she asked her opinion, and you know, we offered the opinion, and she was she was digging it. So shout out to you. Um, enjoy Portland, and may your travels be awesome always. Yeah, 
I didn't even give her a link to the show. I just shot up the fucking air. <laughs> this is stupid, but she was fine. Um, I mean, yeah, uh, it's fine. Good day. Glad to glad to offer my solicited opinion. Yeah. All right, and with that, we're gonna get up out of here. Um, we'll see y'all got you guys next week. Um, uh, be a greater hoe, not a hater hoe. And we out. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. My gas money, then I'm back on the expressway, and I'm out this burst. Yeah. I know you